I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. Psalm 140. Welcome to the Faith at Work Sermon Podcast. I'm Pastor Jim Melvin. Each week, we turn to Scripture to try to better understand God's message for His people. While the Bible contains ancient words of wisdom, it contains many important messages for modern life. These words can be meaningful to all of us, no matter what our religious beliefs or where we are spiritually at the time. This is the Lenten season, a time when we eagerly look forward to the renewal of spring. It's the time when we prepare to hear the Easter message of hope and new life that was proclaimed by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Then is a time of waiting and looking forward to better days ahead, especially this year when we're waiting with great expectation for relief from the COVID crisis and patience is still required. It's never easy to wait. The church leader and biblical author James urges people of the early church to exhibit patience. Their Messiah, who had come to save them, had been crucified and raised from the dead, demonstrating God's power. Jesus had, they were told, ascended to heaven and would return again someday. However, their lives had not changed much. People still suffered and died. They still lived at the mercy of oppressive governments. And so, they had to wait. James writes in an open letter to the church, Be patient, therefore, beloved, until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits for the precious crop from the earth, being patient with it until it receives the early and late rains. You also must be patient. Strengthen your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is near. Beloved, do not grumble against one another so that you may not be judged. See, the judge is standing at the doors. As an example of suffering and patience, beloved, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Indeed, we call blessed those who showed endurance. You have heard of the endurance of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. Here ends the reading. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm not a patient man. I may appear to be, but I'm not. My wife has often gently pointed out how I have a hard time finishing up the details of one project around the house before I get antsy and move on to the next. Impatience keeps me from completely finishing jobs. And yesterday, I almost went nuts sitting in line in the Walgreens pharmacy drive through watching the clerk and the woman ahead of me playing ping-pong with that pneumatic cylinder that delivers pe- uh, prescriptions to your car. Whatever were they doing? Back and forth, back and forth, that little torpedo flew for ten minutes. You know, I pictured myself slamming my car in gear and bulldozing her out of the way. Fortunately, I seldom act on my impatience. 
I grin and bear it. I was even able to smile at the lady behind the glass when it was finally my turn. I think all of us are feeling impatient right now. The temporary restrictions placed on our lives last March due to the pandemic feel anything but temporary. We may feel like tearing off our masks, heading out to our favorite crowded bar or restaurant for a beer and a meal, and giving everybody in the place a big bear hug. Enough already. It's been a year. Yet here we are. Unfortunately, the risk of infection is not over. And the pace of vaccinations has increased, but the rate of new infections is trending down, but it's too early to snap back to life as usual. The challenge is that the closer we get to life fully opening up again, the more impatient we become. And this is exactly when patience is most needed, when patience is a virtue. So today I'd like to deal with three facets of patience. Patience with our current situation, patience with others, and patience with God. We often find ourselves wishing to escape or change our current situations. Living with the pandemic restrictions is certainly one of those times. Those of us who have lived through a long cold winter up in the frozen tundra can't wait for spring to arrive. I have a friend who is undergoing a grueling round of chemotherapy, which leaves him constantly nauseous and tired. And he longs for the time when this 90-day hellish sentence will be lifted. There are many things that can fuel our impatience. Unfortunately, the COVID-19 virus that has imprisoned us in our homes is stubborn. Despite the best efforts of scientists, medical experts, and health authorities, and the extraordinary advances they've made, we're not safe from the reach of the virus just yet. And as winter goes on, my 72 years on Earth has confirmed for me that the seasons are controlled by cosmic gravitational forces that guide our planets around the sun in a predictable and unalterable course, which is beyond human control. My friend's cancer is also a stubborn foe and will not yield easily or quickly. So the only answer in these situations, other than living with constant anxiety and agitation, is patience. In 1932, the theologian Reinhold Niebuhr composed a prayer that was later adopted by Alcoholics Anonymous, which then came to be known as the Serenity Prayer. Now, you've probably heard it. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Well, I've taken liberties to alter Niebuhr's prayer slightly to what I now now call the patience prayer. God grant me the patience to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. I think a lot of us could benefit from praying those words right now. 
The good thing about this prayer is that it goes beyond an exhortation to patience. It assumes that in addition to things that we are unable to change, there are things over which we do exert power, things we can change. When we wisely choose to focus on those things that we can influence, rather than those beyond our control, we feel empowered and our patience is strengthened and lengthened. With regard to COVID, I can get myself vaccinated. I can follow health guidelines. I can keep in touch with and encourage others around me through social media and other means of safe communication. I don't have to be totally alone. My actions, along with those of others, can help shorten our confinement. And I can take advantage of these long winter days to relax and renew myself in front of the fireplace, reading. I can turn anxiety into anticipation, watching for the first signs of spring, the melting snow, the budding trees, and the appearance of the first robin. And I pray that my friend can find medical remedies to ease his side effects and turn for help and comfort to those who love him, most importantly, to God. There's more to the serenity prayer than those three lines I read. It continues. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right, if I surrender to your will, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. Not only do we have to deal with our current circumstances, the people around us, even those we love the most, can try our patience. We have to deal with them, too. Our patience can be tested by things large and small. Being cooped up together, as many of us have been this winter, can magnify the little annoyances that we feel with each other. Little things can get on our nerves and try our patience. In the extreme, some people suffer from a condition called misophonia. Now, those who suffer from this condition are hypersensitive to common sounds, such as the ticking of a clock, the whirring of a fan, or the chewing or even breathing sounds of another person. For these people, mealtime can be torture, with people slurping, chomping, and gulping. I once heard a man burst out at his wife in a restaurant when she crunched on a piece of ice. You sound like pigs eating coal. Now, most of us don't react that extremely to environmental noise or the normal human sounds of those around us. We don't require medication like sufferers of true misophonia. Little things can get to us and build up over time, though. What we require in those times is patience. Usually, when we find our irritation level rising, we can just sit back take a deep breath, and put our annoyance into perspective. I find it helpful to consider that 
I'm not a silent chewer either. I masticate as loudly as anybody. Even though these types of annoyances may sound trivial, over time, if we don't develop a patient attitude, relationship-damaging resentments can grow. Now, there are other situations when our lack of patience can cause more serious harm. Imagine that you have a new co-worker that you're responsible for training. And think how you feel if he or she was consistently doing things wrong due to lack of experience. Instead of scolding your trainee and doing the job yourself, patience is required if your new employee is going to learn. Put yourself in their shoes. Patience and self-control are always required of teachers. Empathy is a great tool for us in developing a patient attitude. After a few minutes waiting in line at Walgreens, I did stop and try to imagine what that woman was doing. I could see that she was older, and like many of us seniors, confused by the technology. I could relate to that. And since she was picking up prescriptions, it's likely that she's dealing with some sort of medical condition or illness. She was probably more frustrated by the fact that I was waiting behind her. My empathy for her helped me to have patience and to wait. Paul reminds us in Romans 15.1, We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Our impatience with our situation in life and with the other people in our lives ultimately can lead to our impatience with God. There are many people in the Bible who grow restless waiting for God to act. The prophet Habakkuk complains, O Lord, how long shall I cry for help, and you will not listen, or cry to you violence, and you will not save? Job is the Bible's poster boy for patience. We describe people as having the patience of Job. Now God knew that Job was a righteous man, and yet he was overwhelmed with personal tragedies. All of the members of his family, his livestock, and all of his possessions were destroyed by enemies and natural disasters. Job, tormented by painful sores until he rolls around in the dust for relief. Job and his friends question over and over again, how can God let this happen? When will God act to set things right? A clear answer is never given. The span of God's time is incomprehensible. Good things and bad things happen in life. That's a given. But if we try to name the date when everything will be all right, we will be frustrated. Job, humbled by the presence of God, discovers that the source of patience is in faith. Job says, Oh, that my words were written down. Oh, that they were inscribed in a book. Oh, that with an iron pen and with lead, they were engraved on a rock forever. For I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last he will stand upon the earth. 
and after my skin has been thus destroyed, then in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see on my side, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. Patience requires long-suffering. Faith that in the last, our Redeemer will stand upon the earth. In the meantime, we faithfully live our lives, endure the bad, and celebrate the good, and wait. Patience is a virtue, and patience is a blessing. And so we pray again, God grant me the patience to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things that I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Thank you for being with me today. May God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you with grace and mercy. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace.